Blog Talk Radio. One, two, one, two. One. One, two, one, one, two. two. <laughs> I'm not playing, man. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, Julie. Julie. Thursday night, 
for the doctor to give you what best to say after Lord. So we are so elated. We want to welcome you to Blessing by Grace Radio. We are so elated that you came here to be able to join us. The doctor is in. Dr. Bishop Offermore is on the air. And we are here to give you the word of God. He gives it to you raw and uncut. We believe that you are here for a purpose and that you have the ability to manifest God's word. Now, what does the word manifest mean when used in the Bible? That's my little spiel tonight I want to talk about. Now, I want to let you guys know what the biblical definition of the word manifest, what it means. Manifest is when something is manifested, it is evident, obvious, apparent, and plain for everyone to see. I do remember from years ago, research showed there's been plenty of philosophy behind the word manifesto. Now, the manifesto, it's a huge thing that gives precise details that is made to clear to anyone who reads what the agenda is with God and what it's all about. So to manifest something is something that is presented in either verbal or written form that can provide evidence for something that is typically indisputable. Something that is manifested is something that is clear to be seen by everyone. Now, the use of the word manifest in the Bible is not far removed from that same idea. So a lot of times I say when it comes to, when, when it will come to manifest. What that just means is that when it comes to reality. So something that you're praying for, when it is ready to be manifested, this is just my own take of the definition, that it will be readily able for you to see. And the manifestation can come verbally or it can come where you can see it. So sight, you can see it. You can understand what it is. And when it's verbally, it's spoken. So I think that that is an excellent paradox. I think it is an excellent way to talk about the manifestation of Jesus. You know, everything that God does is very well evident. The Bible itself is the evidence that Jesus is very real. So if you have time and you listen to us in the radio, pick up a Bible wherever you live, go to a bookstore and pick up a Bible. They even sell them, depending on if you're in the United States, we have dollar stores and they sell Holy Bibles. Now, obviously, you may have a Holy Bible, you may have a study Bible, an expository Bible, whatever kind of Bible you have, pick up the book. And read the Bible because it will manifest to you. Everything will start to make sense. Everything will start to, to as I always say, it'll, it'll, it'll start to, to gel together. It will be smoothed out and it will work. God will reveal to you what the Bible is about. All you got to do is read it. Today I was reading in Hebrews and I really enjoyed reading in Hebrews today. It was awesome, you know. Every day we should try to read something from the Bible, some scripture, some something. We need to get an understanding. We don't want to perish because of lack of knowledge. We actually want to be stayed up and prayed up in the word. So thank you guys for listening to me talk about manifestation tonight. That was my little take. And remember, these are my takes and my ideas about different things that I'm researching and I'm learning about. As God is giving me topics, I research, I read about it. And then what's a little bit of information that I do find out, I do present it to you so that way you can have a little something to carry on throughout the week. If you like what I talk about, that's excellent. And if you have your own ideas about what I'm speaking of, that's excellent too because that's what God's word is. He gives each and every one of us a different depiction of his word. He allows us each to see something different and to learn something different in the word. We could read the same scripture at the same time, and we could each have a different idea about what it's saying to us. That's why God's word is so beautiful. His language is so absolutely amazing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in. It is time to break down the religious barrier walls and learn, learn, learn about the word of God. And the person here in our studio tonight, he'll be able to break down those walls and let us learn. Let us feast off of God's word. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in. Dr. Bishop Alphamore, God bless you all, and thank you for listening. God bless you tonight. Amen. This is Bishop Moore tonight. Amen. Coming to you once again on this Thursday night is to bring you food for a talk tonight. 
hopefully, amen, that it will help carry you through the next few days uh, throughout eternity. We thank God, amen, for our announcer tonight, amen, as she brings you the little sermonettes. We hope you, amen, enjoy them, and it's a blessing unto your soul. Before I get into the word of God tonight, don't forget to get out and vote. Amen. This election, amen, is a very critical election to all humanity. Please, don't forget out, forget to get out and vote. God bless you. We're going into the word of God tonight. And we're going to come from St. John 1, uh, 10 through 18. And it reads, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believers on his name, which was born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwell among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bowed witness of him and cried, saying, Was he of whom I speak? He that Cometh after me is preferred before me, for he walked before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Acts 4, 31 and 33 says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake, the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither says any of them that all the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and grace and great grace was upon them all. And Acts 4 and 33 says, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. We want to talk about, amen, great grace tonight. We want to talk about the grace of God, how good God is to us, amen, as humanity and a sinful people, how good God is to us. We may not realize tonight, amen, how good God is to us, But the word of God says, amen, that he was in the world. He came, amen, and he lived in the world for 33 years. 
He was in the world, and the world was made by him. The world, amen, was made by him. And when I speak of him, I'm speaking of none other than Jesus Christ. And the world knew him not. And even today, those that are not saved, they don't know him. He came unto his own. He come to his own. And his own received him not. And that was, amen, the Jewish people. Salvation, amen, came to them first. But they did not receive him because, amen, he didn't look the part of what they thought he's supposed to be as a Messiah or as a king to come to deliver them out of their sins. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. I pray tonight that in this time we're living in, that you are a son of God. Which was born not of blood. He was not born of blood. Even he come through a woman. He was not born of blood. Nor of the will of the flesh. He was just incubated into Mary's womb. Nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. Man didn't have nothing to do with the birth of Jesus Christ. It was God himself. God planted that seed into Mary. And it formed as a little baby. God nursed that seed. And it grew up, amen, to be a young man. To live with us for 33 long years. Thank God, amen, for grace. Coming, living and walking among us. And the word, that's what he was. He was the word. Jesus Christ was the word. And the word was made flesh. The word was made. It wasn't already here, amen. It was made flesh. And it dwelt among us. That was Jesus. And we beheld his glory, that awesome power that we haven't ever seen before. We beheld his glory, the glory uh, uh, as of the only begotten, amen, that is, he came out from God. He's the only somebody know who God is because he came out from God. Grace tonight. Grace is the divine power. That causes the heart to rejoice and reflect in the lives of those who find favor with God. Or have you found favor with the Lord tonight in 2020? When our eyes should be open to what is going on in the world and the coming of Jesus Christ and the signs, amen, that is around us. Have you found favor as of the Lord? If not, I pray tonight, amen, that you will find favor. The church, amen, in the book of Acts has served as a pattern for every group of believers since that time. It gives us an example of a new birth experience. There is a new birth experience, amen, that we should follow 
And it fell on the day of Pentecost. And that every church, amen, should experience this new birth. It demonstrated the effect of evangelizing. It showed, amen, people how to go and evangelize the world, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Everybody needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody needs to hear the grace that God has provided for us. So the Lord set his church up on the day of Pentecost. That amen, that evangelistic amen could be performed, displaying an attitude, generosity of giving. Freely give and freely shall you receive. The word of God is freely given unto you tonight. Remember, God so loved the world, he freely gave all that he had for you and I. He couldn't give no more because he gave himself. He allows the Holy Spirit to work through believers. Amen. He allows the Holy Spirit to work through believers. These signs shall follow them that believe it. There is some signs, amen, that shall follow you if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And if they take up any, if they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall speak with new tongues. As the Spirit of God get them uttering. And it verifies that they were true believers. They wasn't just somebody, amen, that took this up on them, amen, saying that I'm a Christian. They were true, true believers. You know, the Bible says only the pure in heart for they shall see God. God deals with your heart. He don't deal with your emotion. Amen. But he deals with your heart. God knows all of our heart tonight. Whether he, whether you be truthful or not, he already knows. True believers through signs and wonders. In the day of the early church, amen, there were signs and wonders worked through the Holy Ghost, through the power of Jesus. People seen the manifestation of the power of Jesus. Not only amen in the early church, but it's going on right now. Not as frequently, not as much, amen, but amen. The power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost is still falling and moving right in our day and time. Thank you, Jesus. The church, first church, amen, earned the right to be considered a modern future congregation. They earned that right. They stayed before the Lord. They worship him in spirit and in truth. For God is a spirit. And they that worship him, they must worship him in spirit and in truth. From the focus verse, we see another admired quality among the believers. Great grace, grace. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. Oh, if it wasn't for the grace of God, none of us would be sitting here. None of us would not be here, amen, in this world if it wasn't for the grace of God. If it wasn't for Jesus thinking about us, amen, we wouldn't be here because we were sinners. Thank God for his great grace was upon all of them. 
we generally think of grace as God's redemption act for all sinners. The gift of God extended to fallen mankind. But in the New Testament, grace through faith in contrast with the righteous regulation demanded in the Old Testament. Certainly the grace that brought us salvation is the highest expression of God's love for us. God's love for us. Listen, can you hear that? Open up your ears tonight. God love us. He love us. Even in our sinful condition that we were in, God loved us. Still, the term grace has very use. The first of which was God's unmerited favor. It was God's unmerited favor. Accomplished through the redemption act of Christ at Calvary. Jesus went on Calvary to pay the price. Pay the price. I was a sinner. You are a sinner. I was in my sin. There was nobody. There was nothing could redeem humanity. God searched the heavens and he searched the earth, but he couldn't find nobody that was worthy to pay the price. And he said, prepare me about it. This is when Jesus came into the world to die for our sins. Christ at Calvary, grace made it possible for fallen humanity to be reunited, the creator. Grace is the one that did it. He made it possible for a man, mankind, to be reunited with his creator. However, God's grace does not end at redemption. It continues to work in the life of the believer. God's grace just continues to work. God's grace is continuing to work. It is working as I'm speaking right now. God's grace is continuing to work in the believer, in all believers. Even the focus verse of this Lesson expand the meaning, grace beyond the initial salvation. The strong Hebrew and the Greek dictionary description define it as the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. It includes the gratitude, the joy, the liberation, and the grushiness. The goodness of God. This is the goodness of God. Grace. Grace. Grace tonight. If it wasn't for grace, we wouldn't wake up in the morning. If it wasn't for grace, we couldn't do nothing tonight. It's by, it's by the grace of God. Certainly, amen, the early church had received God's redemption grace. I have a Bible Commentators sometimes indicate that the great grace described in the scripture passage was God's special favor towards these believers. Thank God for God's special favors towards these believers, which was sometimes not necessary experienced by all believers. All believers didn't necessarily experience this grace. A mighty anointing of the Holy Spirit 
enable them to minister to their community through many miracles which advanced Christ's kingdom beyond their human capacity. That miracle called men and women is to get out and minister many miracles in their community. God is so good to us, and his grace is sufficient for us right now. In our weak stage, his grace will make us perfect. Bible commentators sometimes suggest that the favor of God upon the church was so obvious that the unbelieving community not only recognized God's perfectness upon this people, but they also respect the church because of such anointing from God. What then happened to the body of Jesus Christ? Where is that great anointing at today? Where is that miraculous spirit today when you go into the house of God, you feel the power and you feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in, amen, the building among God's people. Where is that miraculous power at today? Oh, God's grace. Many sinners, many sinners were amazed by what God was doing and were eager to become a part of the church. What then happened to grace today? Are we coming to Jesus today? Are we coming to him today? I come to my own, and my own receive me not. Acts 2 and 47 says, perhaps this is a challenging from the scripture, not only to be saved by the grace of God, but also to grow in grace after one has been saved. You grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the lost state of man, man's sinfulness. By Adam disobedient to God in the Garden of Eden, he lost his created state of innocence. When Adam sinned in the Garden, he lost his created state of innocence and passed his fallen stage of immortality. He lost something in the Garden. If he had not sinned, he would have stayed there and inherit immortality. But he lost it. And that was to all mankind. We lost our immortality through Adam. None of us can change the fact that we are the descendants of Adam. And thus inherit his nature. We can't change that. The moral corruption falls. Adam fell from grace. Adam fell from grace. And look at the predicament that we are in now because Adam fell from grace. All he had to do was obey the Lord. And amen, since Jesus Christ has come in, amen, and redeemed us, all we have to do is obey the Lord. All he asks us to do is to be obedient, obedient. That is the hardest thing for humanity to seem to understand or get in their head, amen. It's just to obey, obey. Obedient is better than sacrifice. The Lord himself learned obedience through the death of the cross. Amen. God won't looking for some obedient men and women, boys and girls. Amen. God is looking for obedience. It's not to suggest, amen, that 
we are guilty of sin solely because of Adam's transgression. Rather, we are guilty because we have personal done wrong. We we just guilty because we done did wrong. Humanity have done wrong. I have done wrong. Let me place the blame on me. Amen. If you think I'm trying to escape something, I have did wrong. Thank God for repentance. I did wrong. But amen, Jesus found a way that I could be forgiven for my wrongness. And that was through repentance. And that's the same way you can be forgiven for your wrongness is through repentance. And let this great grace of God come and live in your life. Romans 3 and 23, Paul described this as the work of the flesh and the bondage of sin. And see Galatians 5, 18 and 21. God righteousness. Now, saints, I want you to think about something. Our righteousness is as filthy rags in the eyesight of the Lord, according to Isaiah. But God righteousness to mankind, sinfulness. God is righteous. God is a righteous God. God is a righteous God. He is without sin. Jesus Christ come into the world. And Jesus Christ come into the world without sin. He is without sin, whether by action, motive, or thought. He is without sin. All his ways are righteous and perfect. All of Jesus' ways are righteous and perfect. His character is flawless. You can't find no fault in him. That's what Apollo said, amen, when they said, brought him before Pilate, amen. He said, I find no fault in this man. There is no fault in Jesus Christ. He's flawless. And his record is impeccable. Nobody, amen, can condemn his record. God is complete. He is the modern permanent and the example to whom we should look to. We should look to Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Psalm 71 and 19. Psalm 119 and 37 through 38. We should look to a righteous God. Not a sometime God, but a all-time God. Look to him tonight. And because of this God's judgment of sin, Adam lost his first estate with the Lord and come to be human. Because God is righteous. He cannot condone sin. I'm talking about the grace of God. Now listen, he said because he is righteous, he cannot condone sin. The Bible says in Romans, let not amen sin therefore range in your model of body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Amen. God is righteousness, and if you don't accept it, amen, Jesus Christ in your life, Amen. You can't let sin range in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. We have to present our body a living sacrifice, holy unto the Lord, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. God cannot tolerate sin. He can neither tolerate weakness 
Look how patient God has been, amen, to the world, and especially, amen, uh, to the United States of America. Look how patient God has been, but, amen, the Bible let us know he cannot tolerate weakness among his creation, nor ignore his presence. Amen. God can't tolerate weakness, nor ignore the presence of what sin is done to us today. Judgment, God is a judge. America standing in the in the nearness, amen, of being judged. God is a righteous God. Judgment is about to fall upon America. Come on, church. His creation, no, ignore its presence. He is he is obligated by his righteous nature. Neither to destroy that which is wicked or to take action to make right his creation. See Psalm 9, 5, and 10. God rushing his goodness, determined not to destroy his creation, but to make a plan of redemption available to all mankind. God don't want to destroy his creation. But he's so righteous. He's so holy. He can't tolerate sin. Sin is coming up from the earth. Proud is stinking in God's nostrils because they're not pure. They're not holy proud. They're not sanctified prayer. Amen. And God's smelling, amen, the, the sinful prayer coming up, amen, in his nostrils. My God, his creation, but to make a plan of redemption available to mankind. However, many people reject God's grace. Many people reject God's grace. I came to my own, and my own received me not. They reject his grace. They reject who he is. And challenging his authority to judge. Who are you to judge us? Their sinfulness. Some even argue that for God to destroy weakness would somehow distract from his love and character. Oh, yes, they say this, amen. God, amen, is love. God ain't going to destroy us. A, a loving God like that, amen, would destroy his own? Oh, you just don't know who God is. God don't like wickedness. And humanity is wicked. And God will judge wickedness. God is holy. Not to the contrary. God's perfect nature dispends perfection and fair judgment. And his position as judge of the whole world not part of the world, but amen, he is going to judge the whole world. Necessity that he judge mankind according to his righteousness. Now, God's going to judge the whole world according to his righteousness. It won't be by no standard of man. It won't be like, amen, you stand before a judge, amen, here on earth, and he give you a sermon, amen, of what he thinks that you should have, but God's going to judge everybody according to his righteousness. Now, in the book of Genesis, God is not only the creator and sustainer of the earth, but also the righteous judge of the saints. He's a righteous judge. God, amen, is a judge. And remember, amen, the eyes of the Lord is in every place beholding the good and the evil. God is looking down on us, amen, 
every day. God don't sleep, and he sees everything that we do. Amen. And God's going to judge us. Amen. Because the book is going to be open. There's going to be another book open. And God's going to judge us out of all, all that we do. We are not getting away with it. The Lord is going to judge us. Genesis 1 and 1 tells you, amen, that he's a judge. Genesis 3, 9 and 19. Genesis 6, 5 and 8. There are many more scriptures, amen, that I could give you tonight, amen. God is a righteous judge. Ever what, amen, uh, the penalty is, amen, that we uh, should receive, believe me, it is right. God is not an unfair judge. God is not a partial judge, amen. God is a righteous judge. His judgment is just and holy. In the scripture, God fulfilled his righteous role as a judge of sinners. He is a judge of sinners. But he also introduced another attribute of his nature, his grace. Now, God is a judge. Then he turned right on the other side, amen, and show us kindness. He show us mercy. He show us love. God's grace has been working over time since mankind first sinned. All his grace has been working over time. In the book of Revelation, amen, they said, how long, Lord, how long? And the voice crying from under the altar, how long, Lord? <coughs> yeah, we're going to have to be here before you judge. Hallelujah. Even in God's pronouncement of judgment upon mankind, sin, he made room for grace. That amen in Genesis 3 and 15, those who decay God's position as the judge of sin would recognize the grace, the balance is just as that. His judgment Ah, always right. And his grace and mercy always precede the judgment. Before God brings judgment upon any of us, he 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 he, he let mercy and grace go before us. Trying to see whether we will do right. Before he brings judgment upon us. America, America, America. Before God brings judgment to America, are you done right? Oh, my heart is breaking tonight, looking at the condition of not only America, but the world, but America to America. Who say in God we trust, we don't trust him no more. Judgment is coming. But God allowing us right now is to get right. Get right, church. Get right. Get right, believers. Get right. The grace of God's power. You got to have faith. You got to have faith in the Lord. We are saved by grace. We are saved by grace. However, grace does not save us apart from faith in Jesus Christ. You got to have faith in Jesus Christ. According to Ephesians 2 and 8, and when the Jews, amen, they rejected him, they didn't have faith in Jesus. You got to have faith in Jesus Christ. There is salvation in none other. Name given among men, well, they must be saved except the name of Jesus. If you reject the name of Jesus, you can't be saved. Glory. Salvation is not something we can earn by our faith. 
This would make grace God's unmerited faith. Depending upon mankind's ability or infallible to believe, making salvation dependent on humanity, and thus it's impossible. This is, this is an act of God. It made it possible for all to have enough faith to respond to God in a positive way. Romans 5 and 8, John 12, 32, Acts 18 and 27. You ought to have enough faith to respond to the Lord. Do you hear him calling you? Do you hear him knocking at your door? He's standing there knocking, saying, let me in. And some of us, amen, hard. It's so hard, we won't open the door, and we won't let him in. But he's knocking. Salvation is somewhat like a boomerang. God initially, the plan through the incarnation and his ultimate sacrifice on Calvary. Can you see him on Calvary? Not dying for himself. Not being humiliated for himself, but for you and I. His grace was hanging on Calvary. He was making a provision for us. He came to mankind with a divine plan sufficing to every, to save everyone. This was the gift of his grace extended to us. Since faith is a prerequisite for salvation, this initially work of grace made it possible for us to reach out to God in faith. It's not too late, amen. You can reach out tonight to God in faith. The scripture declare, this has the measure of faith that God gave to everyone. Romans 12 and 8, uh, 3, God gave us all a measure of faith. And you can reach out and touch him tonight if you don't know him. Reach out in faith. Because the power of grace, it enables all mankind to have adequately faith to accept God's plan. You can accept the plan of salvation tonight. You can accept the plan of salvation or redemption. The boomerang effect is our usual using the faith. He has given us to respond to him. God that gave us faith tonight is to respond to him. Wake up, church. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Let us respond. The world is in trouble. The world is in trouble. We are not through with COVID-19 all over the world. We are in trouble. Wake up tonight. God made a plan for us. His grace in our lives. Some people that have referred to this faith as obedient faith or saving faith. It is impossible for us, amen, to note that the devil also believes in God. Now, just to believe in God is not enough. The devil believes, but the devil ain't saved. And the devil is not going to be saved. Just because you say, I believe in God, amen, that is not enough. But he believed, but his belief alone does not save him. His faith condemns him, but I will respond to God in faith causes God's grace to bring salvation to our life. Yes, the devil believed. 
but the devil faith don't save him. But our responding to God in faith causes God's grace to carry us on, to bring us to salvation, to our life. God wants to bring salvation to the world. God died. God died. Now let me say, God gave his son to die for us because God can't die. But he gave his son to die for us that all of them may have a right to the tree of life. Salvation in the New Testament, those of the Jewish faith, they tried to reprove salvation by associating they pointed to the temple, the law of Moses, the riches of the law, particular circumcision, and the teaching of the prophets. To them, those were signs of them having the favor of God. But Jesus challenged them with strong warning. And Paul also confronted their hypocrisy. He said, in this letter, to the Romans, Paul explained that the Jewish nation was at a devastating a disadvantage to the Gentile nation, having the law of Moses. For the law condemned them as sinners. That's what the law did. It condemned them as sinners. Romans 3, 1 through 24. Now when Jesus comes to the Gentiles, although the Gentiles, amen, they were not as informed about God's requirement of the human race. But Paul concluded that all, both Jew and Gentile, have sinned and thereby, and, and thereby suggested to condemnation and future judgment. All of us have sinned, no matter whether we are Jew or Gentile. However, the remedy for the elimination of sin was not the law of Moses. The law of Moses couldn't save us. For the law only made a person aware of his sin. The law only made a person aware of his sin. The Bible says, for what the law could not do in that he was weak. God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, condemning sin in the flesh. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Salvation could not through merely obedience to the law because the law could not remove mankind's sinful past. The law couldn't do it, but the inclination of the debt of sin could only by the grace of God made possible through the death of a sacrificial lamb of God. Only Jesus can remove sin. Only Jesus can remove sin. My beloved, as we are here tonight, I'm going to let you know, amen, we ought to thank God for grace. It is amen by his grace tonight that we are here. We ought to thank him. Amen. But judgment is coming. I say judgment is coming upon sin. It's the Dr. Moore saying, we love you tonight. Let us pray one for another and pray for our nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. You heard it live here. The doctor was in tonight talking about grace and our God's grace is sufficient. Wow, this message was amazing. And I hope you enjoyed the message as I did. I was over here taking my notes so I could continue to study because this was good, good, and good. So we do have an email address. It's called Blessings by Grace at Radio at Yahoo.com. So if you want the scriptures from tonight's message, please, 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 please email me. 
and I'll respond to the emails and the messages. Or you can hit us up on Facebook in the comments, and I will put all of the scriptures from tonight's podcast. That will be listed on Facebook in the comments section, or you can email me, and I will email you. Even the notes I took tonight, if you'd like them, it's a Blessings by Grace at Radios, with an S for radios, at yahoo.com. So if you'd like to email us, that's fine. Really quickly, we also still are letting you know that we have our P.O. Box set up, um, P.O. Box 671, Apple Valley, California, and 92307. So if you like our show and you want to keep us on the air and you'd like to send us a letter, a comment, a anonymous prayer request, or if you'd like to send us a monetary blessing, we do have a way for you to do that. Even on Sundays, we have a way set up where you can send us to our P.O. Box, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. I would ask that you pray and ask God what you should do in reference to our broadcast. If it is touching you in any way, shape, or form, let the Lord use you. We shall be back next week on Wednesday for prayer and Thursday for another amazing biblical breaking down the religious walls, another biblical session. And on Sunday, tune in. We'll be back with Greater All Nations, a church service in progress. We love you. We say God bless you and Godspeed. Good night, everybody. We truly appreciate you for listening in. This is Tasha and the doctor with Ann. So we say God bless you and good night. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a blessed weekend.